comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. TV podcast episode 46 and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you guys had a good turkey day. Uh, joining me today in this uh, venture down only two episodes of DC TV this week, but uh, a lot of news to cover. Uh, a lot of stuff went down the past week that, that we were going to have to talk about, I guess. It's all lies. It's all lies. The real estate agent for the Order of St. Dumas, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Don't believe it. And Maxwell Lord's personal ego inflator, Mr. <laughs> Richard, the Trump Toad Sheldon. Hello. So yeah, we got uh, we got some pretty like some awesome arch villainry this week on both of our episodes. You know, yeah. yeah we got sure our did. major big bad setup for Supergirl finally, and then we got yeah. some really heavy stuff went down. We might as well just jump right into it. Um, Gotham this week, Rise of the Villains: Colin, the Son of Gotham, uh, season two, episode ten. We uh, we start this episode with a woman who is being chased down by a, a mugger, one would assume, or an attacker of some sort. And all of a sudden, as the guy is about to attack her, someone in a, in a cloaked robe kind of just grabs him and disappears. And the way they shot it made it very look very Batman-like. It did. Yeah, Like, you much. saw the shadow of the cape, and then you saw the guy no, you know, no longer there and stuff. It was a very cool effect. Yeah, you yeah. really did that on purpose. Of course. Oh, yeah. We then cut to Gordon. He's putting on his dress blues, getting ready to go to Officer Park's funeral. Now, here's the problem I have with this scene, okay? Mm-hmm. How many people have died on the strike force? Uh, all At of them. At least a dozen I can think of. <laughs> okay? At least a dozen. He yes. hasn't been to one funeral yet. No. Except yeah, this but... one. And, and none, none, of, wait, none of those deaths hit him at all. Except this one. Well, they didn't play that out, but I mean, this one, if you think about it, that whole juxtaposition of of the captain's story versus him holding the gun in the guy's I mouth. Know. And, I know all that. I know I mean, it's a he, dramatic effect, but what I'm saying is that yeah. like, they've already like mowed down like a dozen and a half members of the right. force, and there hasn't been like, one mention of a funeral or... Man, I'm doing this for Kowalski, or you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I thought not, it's just like it's like everybody else died and didn't matter, but this one. Damn one you, black Kowalski! Why did you have to go, Kowalski? Why? Cop that was murdered by Edward or Flamingo, like uh, like you guys were mentioning, the the Gordon is troubled by the fact that he didn't pull the trigger. He talks to Lee about it when he's when he's done from the uh, uh, the funeral, but before he goes to the funeral, he stops by to see Theo Gallivan, kind of kind of gloating. In a little way, yeah. but he's like, he's like, yeah. did you know, did you know the name Catherine Parks mean anything to you? And then he's like, I'm gonna be there tomorrow. And they watch you, watch them put you away. And now I realize what Galavan's game is. He wants to just discredit Gordon, and he totally yep. does by the end of this episode. He totally plays into his hands. Oh, he does. I wanted to smack Gordon. I, I kind of wanted to smack him when he did that. Like, oh, shut up already with that. He talks to Lee about it, and Lee is kind of. Um, you know, tries to help, but he's kind of prickly, you know, kind of staying away from her. Yeah. yeah and, you know, he tells her that, you know, there's a bad feeling about the court being mm-hmm. stepped up and the way Galavan was smiling at him and stuff. He doesn't look like a guy who's about to spend 15 years in jail, you know. And he is right. Cut to uh, Thug that we saw kidnapped earlier. He's being held by two men in robes and they, in turn, are surrounded by another, like, eight or nine men in robes. And we see um, Father Creel. Mm-hmm. Um, conducting a ceremony and this was brutal very for like mainstream so. tv i mean they mm-hmm. slit his throat and bleed him dry in that that um uh I don't know, altar or whatever it is they have set up in the sewer there yeah pushing the limits man every every couple of episodes they push the limits of violence what they can do we then after i know man i just it just kind of hit me you know major major network uh, going that far with the violence that uh, you know in an eight o'clock show you know are I'm they sure begging 
I wonder if they're begging for for a controversy of them being uh, uh, of the network saying you gotta you gotta pull back on some of that. It's like right. they're asking for it. Like, oh, please man. shut us. Please say something so we can. <laughs> it just keeps going, getting more and more intense with the violence. Yeah. Oh. yeah. We then cut to Bruce and Selena, and they're hatching a plan. They're going to they're going to try to uh, Bruce is going to try to convince Silver that they're still friends, and that he wants to uh, get the name of the guy. He says he will. He tells Silver that he will defend. He will get Theo Gallivan, the best lawyers money can buy, you know, and defend him, you know, because all of his assets are frozen. Mm-hmm. If you give us if you give up the name of the guy who killed my parents. Well, the whole time, the whole time, Selena's up in the tree watching. Right. This whole this whole story arc in this episode definitely hints more at the Bruce Wayne that we know. I know that. Him. Yes, I know. That's what I was going to say. Finally, and I, I'm so happy, so happy yes. to see this. This was very well done. Gordon gets back to the uh, GCPD. And he is determined to get more on Galavan, but Barnes is like, look, that case is closed. You know, he's already going to jail. You know, you've done all you can. But Bullock finds out that the Abbey for this Order of St. Dumas, with the symbol that they found in Galavan's apartment and on the uh, the foreheads of these people that are turning up dead, uh, is, a, as he calls it, a Chinese slap-slap joint. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm like, what? What a name. For I'm it. here for the Chinese slop slop, oh. please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it turns out the Abbey of this Order of St. Dumas is in a, uh, a Chinese slap slap joint downtown. Nice. How much for just one slap? No. It has to be the no. slap slap. You can't do it just once. Yeah, don't half-ass it. And then Bruce whispers something in Silver's ear that Selena can't hear. And that seems to really convince her you know, that to help Bruce, or it seems to anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Bruce is coming out of school... He gets a text from, from Silver saying that she has the info he wants. He cuts across the, uh, away from Alfred, so Alfred doesn't see him. And a van pulls up. And there's a guy in there with uh, Joker-like uh, scars on his mouth. Uh, played by Tommy Flanagan from Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got Silver duct-taped and tied up in the back of his van. He says, get in the car if you want the girl to live. Bruce agrees. He takes him to a... Uh, undisclosed place where he says it's far away from the city so they can scream all they want that his employer wants to know the name of the Wayne's killer and he's going to take one of these two kids and start taking off fingers and as he takes off fingers he's saying he says you know everybody talks uh, when I do this you know, nobody I've never ever had anybody not talk so so there's like a minute you know a little bit of tension there for a minute as to which one he's going to take and you know finally he grabs Bruce and takes him off into the side room, uh, ostensibly to cut off his fingers. And this is when I knew that it was all a scam. Yeah, right here at this moment. And yeah. it's not being any fault of the screenplay. It's not. Any fault. It's just that I it knew just, they it would not sense. let them cut off Bruce Wayne's fingers. Exactly. You right. Kind of saw it, and that's when my eyes lit up. Like, and I'm I'm saying to myself, "This is Bruce Wayne. Like, this is this is what I've been begging them to, to do." Yeah, this character for a long time. Bruce you know, yells to Silver to reveal the name as uh, he promised. He says he'll promise to pull his end of the bargain. Silver says she's supposed to keep Bruce busy, and, and as soon as Bruce is out of the room, Silver's tone changes. She's mm-hmm. like, "You know who I am. My my uncle have you gutted. You know, you better let go of me now. You know, and this is after the knife has gone after Bruce, and he's wiping the blood off his knife. He's like, I gotta say that Wayne kid had a lot of spirit. You know, he obviously he didn't know anything. You know." I had to go through all his whole left hand before he, you know, he finally passed out. So finally, the knife turns on Silver, and he's about to cut off her finger. And then she says a name, M. Malone, which uh, is really funny because you know matches Malone is one exactly. of exactly that's the first thing I thought Batman's aliases when he's working undercover in the mm-hmm. underworld. So I thought that was a nice I shout out. Totally didn't get that. I told as soon as I saw that because the first Malone, thing I dude. thought of was Mayday Malone from Cheers. Um, after she divulges the name Bruce walks out, hands intact it turns out he's the one who hired the knife and this has all been a setup with him and Kat put together to get the information out of Silver and it's really funny because uh, the last episode they had a clip from it and Alfred is like uh, you know, dealing with her is a level of deception you just are not capable of Bruce and then this episode he's like, apparently he is well that's a towel yeah, that was a towel and Silver tries to cover her tracks, tries to take it back and say that she was lying. But, you know, Bruce is like, you know, you, you probably you pretended to be my friend. Goodbye, Silver. And they leave her there 
at the abandoned warehouse. I like the haircut works for him too. He gets cooler yeah. with the haircut. Yeah, they should have left her tied up. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was good. Like you said, it's finally showing some of the Batman smarts that we have been clamoring for since the beginning. And I could see her come back. I, I could always see her come back years later and kind of be like, I got my life together. Yeah. You know, she didn't really do something where she murdered somebody. I mean, she could come back from this. She could just disappear. Yeah, true. And so I cut to the slap slap joint. As soon as I saw those uh, Chinese uh, like paper doors and stuff, I knew there would be a fight that would totally destroy them. Totally. <laughs> and I was right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when they pan across slowly in a China shop or a glass man. <laughs> you like, see oh, it coming. Like you can hear break. the music. Cue the music and begin the battle. Um, as Gordon and Bullock arrive, there are screaming uh, bloody prostitutes and John's running out of the massage parlor. Um, I hate when that happens. As Gordon is in there trying to check on someone to see if they're alive or dead, um, one of the monks attacks him. And before the monk dies, he says, oh, the day of reckoning is at hand. The blood of the nine will wash away the sin. Like Gotham, the fight, too. Gotham yeah. will be cleansed. Yeah. yeah, it was a good fight. I mean, he stabs him with his own knife. Because usually Gordon looks like he accidentally kills someone. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like but this time he actually looked like he was actually in control of the fight. But he dug the he dug the dude's knife into his own into the monk's side, mm-hmm. and the monk just looks at him and pulls it out and, and oh, goes away. He did an owl thing. And uh, Gordon chases him out to the the street. Um, the the monk says, you know, once again the day of reckoning is at hand. The blood of the nine will wash away the sin, and Gotham shall be cleansed. And then walks in front of a bus. Mm-hmm. And uh, five of the nine are already dead. Uh, as he gets back to Barnes to find out, um, you know, Barnes tells Gordon he still wants uh, he still wants them to be there for uh, Galavan's day in court. You know, to, to do that instead of continuing their investigation. After talking to Barnes and finding out that uh, five of the nine have already lost their lives, they find out you know the Order of Saint Dumas likes to cleanse and purify through pain. Uh, that's why they're kind of a splinter group. Then you know it doesn't really sound very appealing. Gordon and Bullock uh, continue their investigation. And uh, it leads them into the sewers, where the monks seem to be going. That's how, the only way the monk could have disappeared after the attack of the thug and all this other kind of stuff. So um, we get a little bit of the uh, the Gotham Odd Couple. <laughs> That's a good title. <laughs> Penguin is bothering uh, Enigma like every five minutes at work, oh. asking like where the spicy mustard is and stuff. He's so needy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, think about it. He was such a mama's boy. Now he doesn't. Now he's Ed's uh, his new mama. Oh my gosh! Where's the mustard? Where's the, the... yeah? Shut it up already. Then Lee comes back by Enigma's uh, desk right around the same time Penguin is calling him again. She always does. And then uh, um, you know asks if he's heard from Kristen, and then he says he makes it a lie really quick that she ran off with Doherty. You know Lee is kind of incredulous about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, then Edward, not knowing uh, what to do, just kind of breaks into tears. You know, figuring out that this is a proper emotion you should be showing, uh, and then Lee takes it as genuine, um, you know, sorrow from me bringing up from her breaking up with him and stuff. So yeah, but he's still leery of her now, you know, right. telling Penguin to destroy her glasses or whatever. Right. He calls Penguin soon after. I you own. Know, he's asking where the, uh, the pickles are or whatever, and then uh, tells him to get rid of Kristen uh, uh, Kringle's glasses because that's the only evidence he has of her you know, death around. And, you know, Penguin looks at him and says, amateurs. Gordon and Bullock go into the sewers. There's a guy down there. There's another fight. Um, they find victim number eight lying in the altar. So there's only one more. Um, Gordon has to cut his hand to make the guy, the guy who's uh, been, uh, the, the monk who's been hurt. And Gordon has to use his, uh, his, you know, his own blood to pretend that he's one of the other monks. Which was kind of weird. And then uh, he says that very weird. You know, eight, has been, eight have been killed and the ninth will be the son of Gotham. The son of Gotham will die. I wonder who that is. It could be Gordon or it could be Bruce. Right. I'm, I'm pretty it's sure it's it. Bruce. Yeah, we find it, well, yeah, well, the way this episode ends, yeah. I'm thinking it's Bruce too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alfred is on the hunt for Bruce, obviously, because he hasn't seen him for you know, a while because Bruce has been doing all that stuff with, uh, with uh, you know, getting the information. Uh, with Cat, and he goes by Galavan's apartment to look for him there, and Tabitha Galavan is there, kind of taunts her a little bit, kind of draws her out, and they fight. And she whips him, and he, like, grabs the whip and pulls him, pulls her to him and smacks her, you know? It's a good fight. Oh, yeah. Awesome. 
This is again, we're seeing Alfred is definitely a trained fighter of some. some oh yes, yeah. I couldn't wait to see this fight. They're pretty. They're pretty equally matched. Alfred knocks Tabitha out after uh, for a bit after he gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. And but he takes a knife in the back during his escape and falls into a garbage truck and kind of passes out from the pain. Yeah, he should have just killed her. Yeah, when he knocked her out, oh, that I probably agree. would have been the best play. It's just to shoot her and kill her. Exactly. Right. Do it. Too um, civilized. Bruce and Selena make their way back to Wayne, Wayne Manor, and uh, Bruce tells Selena what he said to Silver. That uh, what he told Silver is actually the way he feels about Selena. Yeah, he macked uh, he macked them both. For yeah, sure. he's totally macking. Well, like, and, again, and, this and, is the Batman that we wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on top of that, you know, showing, you know, that he listened to her saying, you know, all liars tell the truth, you know, from her comment earlier. Right. It's really good. We then get the courtroom scene that we all knew was coming where Gallant, where um, uh, Mayor James lies under oath. It says that mm-hmm. Oswald Cobblepot was the one who kidnapped him. You know, the Penguin, not Gallivan. You know, obviously Gallivan's been got to James. You know but, it. Um, Instead of being, you know, taking the time and making a smart play, Gordon there in front of Barnes and everyone, Gallivan is like, oh, can't we bury the hatchet and put the city, you know, put this behind us? Uh-huh. Instead, Gordon punches him, like roundhouse punches him, knocks him to the yeah. Gordon, I mean, I get it, but he's got to be smarter than that. He yeah. Has to, I mean, for him to, uh, I was so... T- All the dummies, I, you know what it is? I don't think Gordon and Bruce Wayne can be smart at the same time. So when one is smarter, they only have enough IQ points for one of them to be smart. They smarter. share it. They yeah. share a group sure. mind. So that Gordon is doing all the dumb things right Makes now. Makes as much sense as anything else in the show. <laughs> as the uh, police uh, guys escort Gordon out, Gordon's like, "Let go of me! Let go of me!" And they're like, "Don't worry, we're not arresting you." And they taser him. Uh, Gordon wakes up chained up in yet another warehouse, and Galavan is there. Galavan does the classic villain monologue for Gordon. Totally <laughs> explaining his entire plan. I'm evil. <laughs> so by the book. And mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he's like, it's all too bad. You're going to be dead. And you're not going to see all this stuff. Blah, blah. Right. T- typical, uh, you know, Bond villain. You know, every super villain ever. Monologue. But then Galvan's like, oh, what the hell? I got a few minutes. Take him down. So they unchain yeah. him. And got, and then Gordon, he's like, go ahead, Gordon. Take your best. Take your best swing. And they fight. And Galvan kicks the crap out of Gordon. Yeah, he turns into the Matrix. Yeah, he's got like Ma, he's got like um, that Ma Grava um, training or whatever. He like he just totally takes Gordon out and leaves him like totally. beat up and bleeding on the floor. He then uh, Gordon, you know, he leaves him there on the floor, and Galavan goes off to uh, Wayne Manor. Um, we then cut back to Gordon, who's like groggy and on the floor, and who is there but Oswald Cobblepot, his buddy Gabe, had told him what had happened. Yeah. And Cobblepot's ready out for Galavan's blood. And he's picking up Gordon and like shaking him and like, Where is Galavan? Where is he? Where is he? And then we find out where Galavan is. He is at Wayne Manor, where Bruce is all by himself with a big old knife. You can't have my company. He goes, I don't want your company. I want your life. Oh. I know that great scene with him with that big ass knife and him standing in front of the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> that lighting, he just looked like the devil himself. He was awesome. Yep, totally, totally did. So the solid feces has totally hit the rotary oscillator from the <laughs> heroes. Um, that's okay. for sure. So Gotham, son of Gotham, what do you guys give it? I I I really enjoyed this episode, and 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 stuff like you know Galavan given that that Bond villain type speech and everything. The way that they kind of played it played it though. It's like this whole meta. We know we're doing this. Well, yeah, it's that whole like line between camp and and menace. Right, right. I've right. been playing with it this whole season, and I really think it's working for him a lot. It's yeah. working well, and it really is paying off this episode. I mean, just the whole thing. I like how you put the, you know Gotham's odd couple. That that that's for sure, and I really enjoyed that. I mean, there were so many pieces to this episode that were just very well done the choreography and the fighting scenes you know i'm liking this whole order of the of saint dumas i don't know i just i'm really enjoying it i give this episode a just solid a i'll give it a b plus i I think it it, uh, worked for me they finally you know they 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 seem to be uh you know uh maturing bruce in a way that I'm, i'm really happy with so far i like what they did with him and and that whole plan, I like how he um, starting to uh, really uh, 
show that he's the world's greatest detective and show right. that he's and one he's of the greatest minds in the planet. Learn from the people yes. around him, which yes. is what Batman does. Right. And that's why I give this episode an A, because that was the most Batman that character has ever been since the beginning of the series. Exactly. That was the most Batman moment we've had from him, you know, as a, you know, in the, both seasons. Um, the only thing that really bothered me, like I said, was the fact that, you know, the, all of a sudden he's all broken up about this one cop who got killed after we've seen, like, how many get killed <laughs> over the past season. So, yeah, that that's my only, and that's a quibble, you know, that's my yeah. only little quibble. So, Okay. Are you ready to move on to Supergirl? Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Okay, episode. How, episode faster than a speeding bullet. Episode, or a bullet train, in this case. Yes. Um, season one, episode four. How does she do it? Now, remember, this is the um, season. This is episode four. We should have seen last week. They swapped it out because of the, uh, the what happened in Paris and whatnot. And it um, totally makes sense. After yeah, seeing after seeing it, I understand why too. Exactly. We, uh, we start out the episode with Supergirl flying high, doing her opening monologue, and then she notices that there's a drone following her. First she notices the red, the red lights on her skin uh, tracking her, and then she realizes there's a drone uh, following her. She chases the drone down. Uh, it kind of blows up when she grabs it, but she brings enough of it back uh, for Hank Henshaw to tell her it's not from the DEO. Hank Henshaw says, if I was going to surveil you, you wouldn't know about it. Which... I believe. <laughs> I, I believe too, and that just doesn't help his case of not being, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about something. that more <laughs> when the bombing uh, scene comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, they point out that the technology is way too advanced for, for an amateur. She hasn't ever seen anything like it. Um, Alex tells Kara that she can trust Hank. This throws it off because of the order. Because of because last they week. Had to change. Yeah, yeah, this is like the one thing because of last week we found what well, we found out about Hank. So. Uh, Kara gets back to the office. Wynn is drowning in post-it notes. Um, Kat has won an award, and she has to go to Metropolis, but she can't go until she finds someone to watch her son. Her nerdy little son who just happens to be in love with Supergirl. Well, who isn't at that age? Saying that now. What do you mean then? Oh. Yeah. The, um... I just, I want to talk real quick about the kind of CW moments of this, even though it's not on the CW. Yeah, the whole there. Lucy and James thing. Uh-huh. You know, I I felt like I was paying second fiddle to Superman, and now there's a Supergirl, and how can I compete with that? And um, there's this whole subplot going on with uh, with uh, James and Lucy Lane, and they end up, um, because of what happens at the very end of the episode, kind of reuniting. So I'm just going to say yeah, that now I... and kind of go with the main storyline, because right. it kind right. of weaves through. You know, they tell Kara not to talk about it, because she doesn't want to end up in the friend zone, yada, yada, yada. So. Yeah. I, I definitely heard Dawson's Creek theme song going several times. Yeah, I just didn't... I don't know. I, I was wanted it to get back to the action. The action was more interesting to me. You know? Yeah, they had stuff that didn't... It slowed down the, the pace of the story. Like, it, it could have just... You could have threw some of that in there, but it didn't... It didn't need to be... Uh, as much time didn't need to be put to that. Right. It didn't bother me so bad, just the amount of time it took up. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, it should have just been like a, a you know minute or two. It shouldn't have been like a main story thread, I don't think. Right. Um, there was an explosion downtown. Supergirl goes and saves the day. She's able to uh, hold up, the, using her super strength, hold up the, you know, the almost the entire uh, weight of the building. While I she, like that. Yeah, it was a very super moment. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she holds up the building and is able to weld back the rebar with her uh, heat vision. Uh, enough to hold it steady to, for the people to to get out, and they they applaud her, which is cool. I'm glad she's kind of winning yeah, over the hearts yeah. and minds now. You know, they were able to trace uh, both the explosion and the tech uh, over to Maxwell Lord because the tech comes from him and the building. It turns out, uh, first they think Lord uh, blew it up because it was a competitor, but actually he owns that company, so someone is actually targeting him. So or so it seems. Uh, Kara rushes off and uh, meets Carter at school. Uh, Carter's very shy and withdrawn, a nerd. Uh, and uh, you know, he even says, "You know, my mom says it's okay to be a nerd," which I thought was cool. You know, exactly. That's, that's yeah, cool. you expect her to be. You the... think she'd be like want her to be, him to be more uh, more outgoing and stuff, but instead right. she's more supportive, which is awesome. It gives Cat the character of Cat some more depth. You know. Yeah, she's definitely not. Into this. Because mm-hmm. she it could have she could have turned out to be the Lex Luthor of the show and she's not like the 
when they first talked about her, it appeared that she would be the foil for, for Supergirl. And that's not, the, it just seems to not be the case. That's the. She seems to be more of a mother influence. Yeah. Yeah. She seems to be the mentor that's not worried about her feelings. Like she's the kind of the mentor. She's kind of how Wells is now for, for Barry. Like yeah. he's not the guy that's going to coddle you. He's the guy that's going to tell you, look, I know you can do it. You're going to do it. Like you, you're going to, you know, you're going to step up because I know you can step up. I'm not going to. Right. Let you get away with, you know, saying that you can't, you know, and she seems to be that type of. But it seems like all the advice she's giving is she's giving to Kara, you know. What I mean, totally. like Supergirl, and I think that's an totally. in- interesting way to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank leaves Alex in charge of uh, protecting Maxwell Lord, and they have a little moment. Yeah, they do. I think that they're gonna, uh, yeah, have like, something. Yep. It just seems like they, you know, again the CWness. Yeah, it burns. It burns. I thought after oh, Arrow would be done with us, but no. Maybe he can be saved, and you know, um, they find a bomb there in Max's lab. They try to disarm it themselves, but they mess it all up, and they have to call Supergirl, and she throws it into the sky, but doesn't get clear of the explosion and gets right. knocked out by the bomb. But she's she, not invulnerable. No, invulnerable. Um, she wakes up in the DEO, but she has kind of a groggy moment where she looks over at Hank Henshaw. In the eyes. And those eyes are glowing red again. We'll mm-hmm. see that again before the episode is over. Um, they're able to identify the bomber as Ethan Knox, the guy who used to work for Maxwell Lord. Um, Kara stops for food, uh, or, or freaks out because of Carter, but she gets back to the uh, office and it turns out Wynn knows how to wire all the screens in Cat's office to play, I think it looked like they were playing Halo or Call of Duty, mm-hmm. uh, some first-person yeah. shooter. Um, I want that, that wall of TV I'm screen. saying, that looked beautiful. It kind of reminded me of like a, a, a modern version of Osmandius's wall, you know, from... Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Um, Alex confronts Maxwell about his distrust of the government, and it turns out his parents used to be government doctors and died doing their jobs, uh, and the government covered it up. So, uh, you know, Alex, you know, begs him to not do the uh, launch this new magnetic super train, uh, but he is doing it anyway. Again, he doesn't trust the FBI, who he thinks Sam you know, she's with. That was cool too, by the way. The badges that switch from DEO to FBI. Yeah, yeah, that is. That was pretty funny. Kind of made me think of Doctor Who's the psychic paper. A little bit, yeah. yes. Yeah. The um, Supergirl checks out the train station. And while she's doing that, it, it turns out they've discovered another bomb at the airport. Uh, also, Wynn figures out that Carter went to the train station in the hopes of seeing Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So that, so he's you know where the bomb might be as well. You don't leave a boy unattended at a job. You take him with you. I know. That's the thing I kept saying is like you know she woke up and she's like hanging out at the DEO, and then you know a few minutes later she's like Carter. Oh my god. I'm just thinking, right? You know, if you're watching a kid, no. Well, he was supposed <laughs> to be watching him. She told what you would call it to watch him. You don't leave him there, though. Right? She she may be a super girl, but she's a terrible babysitter. <laughs> no, well, you drag them with you. You make them kids go with you. That's what that's the deal. Yeah. You got to do it. Like you you, you don't just uh, wait here because kids don't always listen, especially when they're not your kid. Like you just don't go wait here. I'm gonna go way across town get food. You're just gonna be all right. Right. You know, yeah. it's stupid. That's a TV dummy thing to do. Um, Supergirl decides to go to the train and sends the DEO to the airport where the other bomb is. Hank and Alex find the bomb, but they can't defuse it because there's no, uh, it's coded so they can't uh, look inside with x-rays to figure out how to defuse it. Hank says he'll handle it and tells Alex to get the heck out of there. And as soon as she gets out of there and he's by himself, his eyes glow red and he kind of opens the bomb with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. And it deactivates it with no problem. So I'm thinking Martian Manhunter here, guys. That's what I kept seeing in my head. Like when I saw him Using his go Martian in there. Using to see inside. It yeah, was, it, it was made red me in there think, too. It made me think Martian Manhunter, totally. I, I mean, my first guess is Martian Manhunter, but I'm also thinking that there might be a slight chance that this is Dark Side. No. They're not going to go dark side. No. I didn't think so either, I but I just, gonna, there were just They're not going to use dark side, yeah. and, and yeah. no. There's too many reasons why not. No way. I one is that the movies want him. That, that's well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, um, 
Yeah, not dark side. I, I, if they weren't going to do it in the movies, if there were no movies slated to come out, yes, I yeah. could I could see that they They're totally going to bring it. They'll probably bring he, it out for you the know, Justice how he League. liked to work behind the scenes, you know, to overthrow Earth and all that kind of stuff. It, considering yeah, that the DEO is all about aliens, yeah, the, it makes more sense that it would be Martian Manhunter. Totally, I agree. Yeah. I'm just I I for for some reason I got a dark side vibe during that scene though. I don't know why. I don't know I just, either because I don't. I don't see that. Like they would never lose Lex. They would never lo- use yeah. right. certain characters. I mean, I'm pretty right. sure it's Martian Manhunter too. It's just I just that thought entered my head. And I hope it is that. I hope it's Martian Manhunter and not. I do too. I'd love to him see being Martian a robot. Manhunter. I don't want him to be a cyborg or something. I, I hope that it's uh, you know, that is Martian Manhunter all along. Just, yeah, that seems to be the most likely anyway. Supergirl gets on the train. And tells uh, Carter, you know, he's like, are you brave? You know, can you be a hero? And, like, gives him a little moment with her. And then Maxwell Lord is there, and he's like, oh, you know, we keep running into each other, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he tell, she tells him, you know, the train is on, the guy with the bomb is on the train. She tells him to have everybody move to the back of the train. So he, she chases the bomber up to the front of the train. But the bomber is crying, and he's like, he says it's the only way he can save his little girl. And Supergirl's like, what are you talking about? And he's trying to get him to talk. And he sets the explosive to detonate. She detaches the front of the train, so he's off by himself. And then she does a Spider-Man 2 and stops the train, mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the train from uh, rolling. And uh, the train explodes with the bomber inside. And then they carry her all, all over the train as they cheer. Right. Um, it was a darker okay. version, a darker uh, ending than, than well, yeah, there's, most of the Yeah, episodes. there's more dark stuff to come. Uh, mm-hmm. Hank comes out with the, uh, back of the airport, Hank comes out with the bomb. Mm-hmm. He says it's a dud. They locked out. It was just a decoy to get them off the one from the train. And Lucy Lane is there and sees Jimmy. Jimmy, and she's like, why did you run toward the bomb? And she, uh, he was like, to save you. And they have a uh, big kiss or whatever. So yeah, they that explains the- where they were in the last episode. Exactly. You go back to the D.O., and uh, uh, Alex is there looking at the bomb. She's saying, Hank said this was a dud, but there's a kill switch in here. Why do you have a kill switch on a dud bomb? And then uh, it just kind of all clicks in uh, Kara's head. Um, Kara goes to confront Maxwell Lord. Says that she knows that he's behind it. And this is such a Superman and Lex Luthor moment. Totally. Like yep. not even not even trying not to be. It just so was, you know. Well, especially the it, it especially the animated Superman. Like yes. this, this would happen like every episode right. of the animated uh, show. Right, that Superman would be outside Lex's window, like with his mm-hmm. arms crossed, like looking totally. at him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Supergirl comes by, and then uh, Maxwell Lord was like, "Well, hypothetically, say you know someone wanted to gauge your powers, and they did so with oh I don't know a drone." To measure how fast you you flew, or with an explosion to see how strong you were, or you know what I mean. He mm-hmm. everything that he's done, you know, he's, he right. racks up as a hypothetical uh, way of gauging how strong she is, or how many, you know, how her powers work. Um, Supergirl's like, well, you know, I know you're behind it. And I have my eye on you. This isn't over. And Maxwell Lord is like, oh no, that's that's something we agree on. It definitely is not over. Right, and he's not the. Lex Luthor, where he doesn't care about collateral damage for the most part, he did. He did have fail safe for all the bombs. I mean, if it push right. came to shove, he could stop those all those bombs before it went off. Yeah. He and just wants to hurt her. Now it's the end of the episode. Yeah. Supergirl episode four. I give this one a B. This uh, I like yeah. this. This is like I dug it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dug yeah. it. Yep. It, uh, cool. it definitely hit a lot of good notes. It, it, um, I could do without the, uh, the the Lucy Lane and Jimmy subplot. It just yeah. it, not that it doesn't have to be there. I understand it well rounds the characters and puts some more in, interest in it. But it, I just thought it, like Daryl said, it took up too much of the show. Yeah, you know, you we have this really, the, you, we, I'm sorry, we have this in. really like tight action, you know, story mm-hmm. going on, and you're like halting the brakes to show these people talking about their feelings. You know, because you can pepper it in. It doesn't have to be. Right. You don't have to stop the entire episode to do it. Like you could just right. have it. Well, and find wild. other scenes to add it into. You know, where it makes sense. It's like these weird cuts to that. It just it felt forced. You know. Well, there were so many things you could have did. Right. I mean, it could have been him, Jimmy talking to. Uh, instead of going through the whole thing of he's upset, he's upset. It's just. It didn't feel real. Just, just have it that he's trying to help Kara 
uh, figure this thing out. She keeps coming around. He keeps telling her, I can't talk to you now. Blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, when he finds out, you know, maybe have Kara say something to him about, you know, if there's a chance with someone you need to, you know, like she did. That whole thing where she said, if the, you need to figure out if if you really do want this over before you move on to something else, to, to a new relationship. I thought that that was perfect. In and out. And then you have her at the airport when he learns about her being there, then you can have him go there and then they can have that little smoochy fest at the end. But that whole thing of her career, mine, what does she want? What do I want? Like all of that didn't need to happen. I didn't want to have to compete with Superman. Yeah, it it didn't need to happen. That that, that was was just just a bit much. What do you guys give it? I give it a B. I give it a B minus. B minus. It, 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 because the minus is only because of the the way that they handled the the uh, Lucy and and Jimmy thing. Other than that, everything else I enjoyed. I like that they set up Maxwell Lord to be her be her nemesis. I like um, I like how they showed her abilities. I like how they you know those scenes were pretty good. Her flying around it it, it seemed to look pretty good. Um, I like that mystery with with Hank. Like I, I want to know. Like I'm sick of them glowing eyes. I want to know what the hell are you? Exactly. It's driving me nuts because I don't get clues. There's not enough clues for me to figure out what this thing is. Right. So, I, I, but I enjoyed this episode. I really did. Yeah, I, I think that they're holding that for the mid season, mm-hmm. which is coming up, mm-hmm. or or possibly even the end of the season. Well, this might be the. I mean, this 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 red tornado might be the the clue. If Efi's a cyborg, that yeah. might come out with this red tornado thing. Maybe. Yeah, good point. Good point. If it yeah. doesn't, then I don't think he's a cyborg. Like, if there's no clue dropped for this, I don't. Then I think he's a Martian Manhunter. Yeah, yeah, and I I have to agree with both of you. I was going to give it a a, a B, uh, like Jim, but I, I have to agree the CW of it the most moments uh kind of drug it down to a, a b minus um i again like you said i think they could have still got what they wanted in there if they would have just you know done it a little more smartly rather than force feed it to us and uh but yeah other than that the the fight scenes just the action was really good um i like you know all the the, the little stuff with uh can't cat grant's son and 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 the interaction between him and Supergirl and everything it was all fun so yeah very good episode I enjoyed it very much I I just uh, I wonder though the only thing that makes me go maybe they might not make it Martian Manhunter is he hasn't used telepathy yet like yeah. there's no clue that he's used any kind of mind reading on any of the characters right well until he does that then you know yeah that'll be the dead giveaway right absolutely uh, okay. Well, that, those are our big two episodes this week. We kind of had a break this week because of the Turkey Day. Yeah. But on the other side, we have a veritable Thanksgiving buffet of news. There's been a lot of news dropped in the past week, especially about yes. um, DC uh, movies, but also about TV. Let's start out with um, the casting news for Black Canary for the Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking at either Alona Tao or Abby or Abby Lee. To play Black Canary, and not only that, the the, the report from Latino um, uh, News that says this also says that they're looking down the road to do a Birds of Prey movie. Yeah, with the Black Canary character and the Harley Quinn, maybe you know Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, uh, some others. So that could be really interesting. I'm on board. I'll go see it. A brand new DC TV series was accidentally confirmed at a con the other day. Here's what happened, okay? Um, the casting director for uh, for uh, da- uh, for you know Arrow and Flash and all those shows, David Rappaport, uh, Stephen Robbie, uh, Stephen and Robbie Amel were on a, a con uh, panel, or I'm sorry, it was a Facebook live chat, and they were talking that um, about they interviewed David Rappaport and Stephen Amel almost said something. He said the casting director of Arrow, Flash, Legends, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. And then Robbie Amell chimed in and said, there's a new one. And Rappaport confirmed there is. And Robbie, to, which Robbie said, oh, you can't announce it yet. Good thing I didn't mention it. Uh, Steven didn't know what the new show was, but Robbie Amell whispered something in his cousin's ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Amell said, that's super cool. 
<laughs> and then the casting director said, you guys are going to love it. Uh-huh. So it looks like we're getting a brand new DC show down the line here somewhere. It makes sense. I mean, they did say, even when they were talking about The Legend of Tomorrow and not doing any more shows for right now, that was until you did say they were going to reevaluate as the seasons progress, you know, to yep. see how the shows are still doing because they want them to, to be strong. So, Plus, if it's only in the casting area right now, it's really right. an early development. It's probably something we wouldn't see until like maybe 2017. Mm-hmm. I would and, then, and they're not even saying that Legend of Tomorrow is going to have a second season. It's a necessity. This season is for a mission. Right. So it might not even be the same type of well, we actually have some, right we actually have some news right. about that coming down the pike here real quick mm-hmm. let's do all the legends of tomorrow news real quick first of all we got a new trailer with a bunch of new it's scenes so awesome. of the legends of tomorrow crew going back to the 70s loved it which might be you know taken from the, the pilot episode who knows yeah. um there's a great scene with heat waves saying i love the 70s in the middle of a bar brawl on um, the atom kicking a lot of butt uh really really uh, good trailer i thought Mm-hmm. thought it was awesome. Now, the other news we got about Legends of Tomorrow this week, which uh, so far is rumor, but, you know, so break out your salt shaker, is that for the second season of Legends of Tomorrow, if there is one, that they're going to switch the cast with each season. Mm. And that Constantine is up for the 2017 version of Legends. Please let this be true. It makes Please sense if they do Please that, let this so. be true. From the same rumor, Gris, or from Bleeding Cool, from the same uh, uh, place, we also uh, got a rumor that The Flash may cross over with Supergirl and may sweeps. And that makes sense. Because they're right now, those are the highest rated of the DC, of the, uh, the DC TV shows right now, those two shows. Yep. So it makes perfect sense that they would do that. It would be a ratings bonanza for both shows. Especially during sweeps. Especially. Um, now, you mentioned the ratings. I keep seeing all these articles, and I've read a couple of them, and there's not really a whole lot of information there, but all these mm-hmm. articles about Supergirl and ratings. Mm-hmm. And to me, it seems like she's doing fine. Well, she is. If you go to TV so, by the numbers, Supergirl had an out- outstanding pilot debut. It had a really big pilot yeah. debut. I think it was like 6 million viewers. Mm-hmm. So when they say it's dropped like 50% from the pilot, most shows do that. You know? Right. Even at its, at its current state, uh, it's hovering right around 2 million views, uh, 1.8 million viewers in the last episode. It's still like in the top three most highest rated shows on CBS. Because it's like saying, it's, it's like saying um, I'm a millionaire, but I lost half my fortune. I'm still rich. Like it's yeah, not exactly. It's right. not, and that's what people like. They did clickbait is to say Supergirl dropping like a snail, lost it's half their ratings. Half its ratings, which yeah, it did. But when you look at how the ratings are supposed to be, it it yeah. did above what the ratings, what they ever thought it would do. Like well, they never right. thought it would do that well. Plus, this show has been. I was reading on TV by the numbers. This mm-hmm. show has been killing it on the plus three and plus seven. Yeah, which is so there are what a lot they of wanted for right. the app, the that damn stupid app right. that they keep pushing. Right. Well, I was reading an article on Entertainment Weekly just before we recorded. Somebody posted on the DC TV Facebook um, uh, about the the fall shows that are, you know, on the bubble or or you know what's good, what's bad, what may make it, what may not, and it talks about Supergirl in there, and it talks about. Um, you know, despite its lackluster, you know, or something like that and drop in ratings and everything else, it looks like it's going to get its full season order any day now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. it seems that's kind of an odd comment to come from a site like Entertainment Weekly. You know, I expect right. that from those clickbait sites. But Well, because you still have people with opinion, like you still have people that because they probably don't like the show and it's not something they're into. There's the you, yeah. you don't your personality comes out in the writing a lot right. of times. I would definitely recommend um, and do our listeners too. If you really want to know, like just get the hard numbers on ratings and not any of the the editorializing that Daryl's talking about. Mm-hmm. I'd go to tvbythenumbers.com. Yes. Yeah, they give it, you it's just straight, straight report. It just numbers. says this is you know in this demographic, this is what they did. It's just straight right. up numbers and charts, and that's where I always get my ratings. And they break it down who they wanted to appeal to, who right. they, the numbers that they were, and that's the numbers that they want. They want the demographics that they wanted. They got like right. everything that they had went for. They got like the the only thing that they were just so surprised by how well the first 
episode did because they really didn't expect it to do that well in live viewing. And I, I have to say something else too is with about Supergirl is it's, you know, there's very few television programs that me and my mother agree on. And mm-hmm. the other day we were talking about, um, uh, we, we both watched this show Scorpion and mm-hmm. she goes, Oh, but, there's also my favorite new show on television. And I said, what's that? And she goes, Supergirl. And I was like, really? And man, she just went all nuts about all the stuff that's been going on in it and everything else. And had a bunch of questions. And that was, that was just very interesting to me because my mother would not be a member of the demographic that I think they'd be going for, but apparently she is. (laughs) Well, I mean, you have older women in there, you know, like if not just young you know, they have a, 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 a cross-section. CBS of, has a built-in older audience anyway. Right. And, and they're and, kind of known right. as the Old People's Network or whatever for NCIS and, you know, all the other shows that appeal to an older demographic. So I'm glad that's crossing over, you know. Um, my yeah. mother-in-law actually started watching iZombie because I recommended it to her. She hates horror movies. Oh, really? She hates zombies. She mm-hmm. hates all that stuff. And she loves iZombie because <laughs> yeah. it's such a main show. You know, it's a fun it's show. A not too much of one thing. It's not too much horror. It's enough that she can watch right. it and be entertained by it. Um, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a lot of, well, there's a lot of non, I call it nonsense about, um, I don't know what it is with shows where, with, with people, I should say, especially people who are reviewers and whatnot. I know they need to get hits for their sites, but the thing that gets me is the need to say, um, now that Jessica Jones is out, and 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 from what how that show is, that means that you can't have Supergirl. See, I was going to touch on that because of the article yeah. on our Facebook group that says that it was uh, right. it's basically saying, you know, I mean, they're two entirely different shows. They're coming from two totally different places. They're to, totally, I mean, and you can have both. I mean, a, a female-led right. superhero show doesn't have to be one or the other. I mean, we don't get you know, oh, Batman's not like Superman, so you know, why do we have both? You know, if you apply that nonsense to everything, it would be there'd be like one like Western saying, and one sci-fi movie, right? And you, one superhero movie, and even with that, it's like you can't have one woman with powers and another. Like, oh, you can't have two. You can't have two black shows. You can't have two, right. like of anything. Exactly. Like, you can't make no more sense. than it yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. But there's a need to. Well, the need is. I don't like a certain thing or I like a certain thing more than that. So I have to constantly um, complain about how much better the thing that I like is than that yeah. thing that I don't like. It's, exactly. You see it with Man of Steel constantly. It's a lot of things. People feel the need to quantify stuff, yeah. one over another when they're just too different to really compare. Even Flash right. and yeah. Arrow. Like, I like... You know, like the arrow is garbage because I, I love the flash. It's like you could not like flash or not like arrow. It doesn't matter. But the need to say this is so much better than that. And that's why this is terrible. Like it shouldn't be on TV. It's so funny because it's a point I made on. Math- I was talking on Facebook to Martheus Wade and his uh, link or whatever. And I was talking about how. I remember when being a geek was just being enthusiastic about stuff and not being afraid to be enthusiastic about yeah, a lot of things, right. you know, right. uh, whereas, you know, oh, I like this and because I like this, I can't like that or, you know, uh, Star Wars is better than Star Trek or, you know, like this yeah, Jessica it's, Jones, it's, I better never than got that you know, I just like, I, you know, I would rather, you know, this kind of stuff be inclusive than exclusive. And when I see that kind of exclusivity, it just reminds me of like the clicks of cool kids who mm-hmm. used to beat up on the nerds and the geeks back in the day? You know, what I mean, they have to yeah. make well, them feel, feel better. You know, by putting well, the sad it's thing like my is, thing's better than your thing, so I am inherently better. You know? Well, the sad thing is, it's the it's the the kids that probably were bullied. I mean, not a lot of us were bullied, and so it, it, like I don't know that mindset too much because I could like what I liked, and that was it. But now I see a lot of pe- a lot of the the the, the, the nerdier types who felt either they were bullied or they felt that they were bullied and they couldn't enjoy things and now they have a need to have the nose up at everybody else like like, like the comic book guy in the yes season. like you're not supposed to like this or how dare you like that or you know like there seems to be a i don't want you in my club you're you're not supposed to be right. in this you can't like and lord of the rings you can't game right you can't get into video right. games and, like and, i, I never 
Oh, go ahead, Jim. No, that's okay. I was I was going to sum it up and loop it back. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, I never got the whole Star Trek Star Wars argument, you know, because like never. I love Star Wars for so many reasons, and I love Star Trek for so many reasons, and I, I and somehow my brain has not imploded from all the love for both. So yeah. uh, you know, well, I, I mean, don't it's get the same. It. I'm just saying this whole Jessica Jones Supergirl argument is the same kind of BS argument. That exactly. That mm-hmm. I mean, you're exactly. comparing apples to oranges. You're totally comparing, exactly. It's like totally. saying you know. You know, Sin City is based on a comic book, and you know, uh, the Superman in the movie was based on a comic book. So one, you know, has to be better than the other. I mean, it's like two ends, of the, different ends. Of the and screen. we don't have to all watch the same movies. Like no. I don't have right. to watch. Like Ant Man is a very lighter movie. Don't, I don't. I'm not into it. I don't have to watch it. Right. I can watch something else. I have Winter right. Soldier. I have. Uh, you know, the Civil War is coming. And 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 you know, in reverse, I thought Ant Man was probably my third favorite Marvel movie after uh, Avengers and Winter Soldier. So. It's all up to what you like. Exactly. It's a and, thing you know, of... downing other people for what... I mean, trying to down one thing to say yours is better, it just seems mm-hmm. so petty to me. It's just now, I would like. love to see it in articles where they're comparing where they say, you know, Supergirl is different for so many reasons from Jessica Jones because of this, which makes Jessica Jones this awesome well, and super smart awesome. journalism. By, say, I... by, by showing, but, you know, if you're going to bring in one and the other, mm-hmm. show why the other one's different but still good. But well, as Daryl well, well, alluded to before, it's the negativity that brings the clicks right because you know something you like if you something you like and you see oh my god you know supergirl you know we i can't like supergirl because i like jessica jones what is he talking about and that what i would that brings up the ire and that makes you click right rather than what jessica jones is awesome supergirl is awesome it's like yeah i know that already what i would love to see is like something where uh if you're going to do something on these shows find out what is the cross pollination what what is the cross demographics of who watch and enjoy, who's into Jessica Jones and who's into Supergirl? How is that matching? Like, are there overlapping in in, in and, viewers? And how are people? How are those numbers working? Like, are there people just getting into other? You know, that would take some investigation and journalism yeah, and some research to get into and, you know, some number crunching rather than yeah rather than just saying well this is better than this so this yeah, must suck. that's actually journalism. Yes, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> You're expecting a lot from journalists. I know, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I just, I, I totally get it when, um, when, when women cry foul, like when it comes to comic book and and superhero properties. I mean, I mean, we get two strong female protagonists in two mm-hmm. totally different shows, and immediately, you know, they're, oh, this is better than this, and this is terrible. Um, looping back to Supergirl, Red Tornado next week. Yeah, pretty psyched yeah. about that. Uh, they announced the, the we got a promo for the fall finale of Gotham. Also on the fall finale of Gotham, we are supposed to see some footage from Batman v Superman. No, I'm gonna be ready for that. That'll be a little treat, won't it? I hope it's, it's more than just like a little, you know, like Fear the Walking Dead type thing. I hope. Yeah, it's... don't show me the same thing that I saw. Like, don't don't repeat the yeah. same scenes that we've already seen. Exactly. Give me something to latch onto there. Yeah. There's a really good uh, link on our Facebook group to an interview with Ben Affleck talking about. Uh, how much is riding on Batman v Superman, and how much you know, uh, how, how hard everyone has worked to make it you know the best movie possible, and mm-hmm. it's a good interview. I mean, really yeah, and I agree with him. I liked about it. Stuff. Yeah, very honest. I agree with him. Yeah, it was super honest, and and you don't get that a lot with the you know, the Hollywood interviews, as you well know. No. Uh, we're going to be seeing the calculator on Arrow. That's pretty cool to have that. Yeah, one of my yeah, favorite villains. So. I mean, I remember him back in the day when he actually had the giant calculator on his chest. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a scene, and I rewatched. I was rewatching it with a friend of mine. She she's into it now. With Arrow, and I, the repeat of the last episode, there was a scene where Felicity said, um, "I knew going in that there would be the occasional supervillain that'll be coming after me, and I wonder if the calculator is her other, is her Which, other." That makes sense because he seems like he's the antelicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we found out we're going to be seeing Superman on Supergirl. We're gonna be seeing a teenage Superman on Krypton mm-hmm. with Supergirl, so it's kind of kind of a tease. But hey, you know, it's a well, I like the clickbait was Superman's gonna be on Supergirl, right? And, and then they go, oh, buddy, yeah. will be a teenager, he'll be twelve. Yeah. Um, all the DC superhero movies through Justice League Two will be PG thirteen. Not a surprise. That is according to producer Charles Roven. <laughs> they're all, all PG thirteen. They're all gonna be PG thirteen. Wonder Woman, Superman, even Suicide Squad. So. No Which I don't understand movie. the mm-hmm. backlash that I've read on the internet from that. Of course, other than it being the internet, I don't know. 
I don't know either. Um, because it shouldn't be a surprise. I, I mean, there's, there's no right. way that they're going to make any um, any movie, any superhero movie um, rated R. And if they and I got Russ from uh, uh, it's all that kind of bum that um, Star Wars was going to be PG thirteen. I don't think PG thirteen is not the same as what we thought. Like PG thirteen is the PG now. Of movies, right. most of the movies, right. the action movies, I'm saying, like they're not. It's not PG-13. Doesn't mean there won't be any cursing. There won't be, you know, nudity or anything like that. It's just that that's what they kind of. They even said something. There was a, a thing, a report they were saying on TV where now they're finding that if they if something is rated PG, they lose viewers. If it's <laughs> then it is if it's rated PG-13. I think the thought was that they would be able to take uh, little kids. Yeah, and you and it doesn't. You know what? If you yeah, but if you look at the trailer for P, for Batman v Superman, it doesn't look like a little kid movie to me. No, that one does. Well, it's weird. The whole game of of ratings, the whole game of how they rate these movies is crazy because uh, Ant Man PG it was PG thirteen, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's very light, right? Yeah. Compared to, and then at the same time, Winter Soldier was PG thirteen, which was pretty darker. Heavy. A lot of death. There was a lot of killing in that movie. Mm-hmm. At the same time, that Man of Steel was PG thirteen. So it's a game. Like it's 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 now it's not even uh... well. And, and look at it like like this. If you were if you're gonna let your kids watch TV fourteen programs, you can let them watch PG thirteen. If not, then then don't. You know, I mean, yeah. look at look at look. We, we review Gotham every week. That's a TV fourteen. Well, if it were a movie, well, it'd be studi- PG thirteen. Yeah. Well, studios are start. I mean, they're well, they're saying in their demographics that when they name when they put something as PG, and it's supposed to be something that it's supposed to be uh, for not just kids. It's not geared to just to kids, but it's geared to us too. They don't want to put it as PG because we, the adults think that right. it's just for kids and we won't go see it and they're saying that and that's why they're saying that right. they rather lump them in to the pg-13 thing because that yep. uh, doesn't sense. turn us off and it allows us still to bring our kids to see the the movie a lot more from charles robin other than those pg-13 movies mm-hmm. uh joe blow uh, reports that ocean master will be the villain of the aquaman movie I'm good with that. And I'm cool very... with that, but I'd like to see Black Manta too. You lead up to him. Yeah, I don't know how that helmet's going to look in real life, though. Yeah, that's going to yeah, be. Yeah, good. <laughs> it looks cool in the comics. It's not going to be that helmet, or no. he's going to be carrying that helmet a lot. He's not. Gonna yeah, be... he's going to be wearing it a lot. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mira is going to be heavily featured in the movie as well, and she's going to be a, a hero of her own, uh, a force to reckon with, as Robin says. They're looking for a broader diversification of their characters. They're also looking possibly at uh, developing Birds of Prey, as we mentioned before, and Teen Titans into movies. Uh, Teen Titans possibly being a spinoff or tie into it, the Cyborg movie. Yeah, nice. And the Green Lantern has been uh, movie that has been scheduled has been or is about to be or according to this uh, will be renamed Green Lantern Corps, mm-hmm. and will be described has been described as quote Hal Jordan and John Stewart in a lethal weapon in space type team up. I think huh. that's the best way to do it. I, I do think too. People get caught up in the whatever lantern you watched when you were growing up. You everyone assumes that that's the only lantern that everyone knows. Like right. there's, I see a tendency right. to say that. Like, oh, I only know everybody only knows how, but then you forget how many people watch those cartoons. Well, if you think about it too, they're 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 keeping away from the mistake that they made in the Green Lantern movie, and or well, not the mis- one of the many mistakes yeah, they made. Quite a few. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it should have taken. We should have seen more of the space cop. There was too much yeah. on Earth, too much right. going on, you know, with that. So, so because I mean, my favorite part of that movie is when they dealt with the stuff at you know, Oa. So, yeah, when they yeah, throw things, yeah, when I think it's everyone's yeah. favorite part of that movie. Mm-hmm, and, that and is for them to play into that. I think is smart. That, is. that was what I mean. The yep. very last scene in the movie with Mark Strong uh, uh, picking up the the yellow ring that should have been like the beginning of the second act. Oh, totally. You know what yep. I mean? I mean that that was where it was interesting. Not with the parallax. Not with the Hector Hammond. Not with any of that. I mean, Green Lantern. They're space cops. That's like the easy shorthand way to explain it to people. 
And he wasn't in space nearly enough in that Green Lantern movie. So I'm glad they're going with this direction. Plus, John Stewart, my Green Lantern. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people love Hal. That's what I'm saying. Like, everybody has a different, uh, you know, not everyone. It depends on when you came into it. Not everybody has the same Green Lantern. There are people that came into it with Kyle and and Guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Hal fan, but I would love to see Guy. I'd like to see him in. Yeah. Oh, and um, there's some other fran- superhero franchise that came out with a trailer this week. Um, um, I think it might be Eastern European. Mervel, Mer- Mer- Mervel. I never heard of it. It's uh, called Civil War. You know, it kind of looks like a ripoff of of, uh, of Batman v Superman. Hmm. We got the character in the red, white, and blue fighting the. Oh, never mind. The the techno uh, billionaire. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Anyway, that's about all I got in the DC News bucket. Did I miss anything, guys? I don't think you did. Well, I just sent you a link to where Henry Cavill has become no longer Batman. He is now, or no longer Superman. He is a Batman. He has adopted a baby bat. Say what? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Sure. I don't know if it's that's DC TV newsworthy, but I thought it was interesting. Alrighty then. Uh, check out our Facebook group, uh, <laughs> DC TV podcast on the Facebooks. We, we'd love to have you join us. We have a lot of cool stuff there. Daryl posted up some concept art for zooms layer in the flash. And that is really cool. So cool. It does yeah. not work very well in an audio medium. You have to put eyes on it. There's also, well, no, let's pull it up and describe it in detail. No, it's not. You could <laughs> go to Taylor network of podcasts and there's a section for the DC TV and all of the, the news that on the site for uh, all the DC movies. And TV shows are right there. Absolutely. And uh, you can also send us an email at dctvpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to have your emails, your thoughts, especially as we're going into the season finale of uh, of Gotham, or the fall finale, I'm sorry, of Gotham and some of the other shows. Um, definitely like to hear your thoughts on you know, the seasons overall, which you want to see you know, in the new year. Uh, how psyched are you for Legends of Tomorrow? I know I am. Oh, uh, uh, Yeah. I, especially after that trailer this week, dude. Damn right. Oh yeah. But definitely, definitely join the Facebook group and and post and you know it's really a lot of good uh, good news there. And uh, if you're into geeky podcasts, then definitely check out hhwlod.com. We have the Walking Dead TV podcast there, and we're going into our finale there, guys, uh, next week or th- tomorrow as we record this. Actually, um, the finale uh, season finale of the Walking Dead already. Um, that eight yeah. seasons go, or eight episodes goes by really quick. Oh yes, uh, it does. There's also the black box there on Sean Pryor's uh, podcast, uh, where he mm-hmm. has all kinds of great stuff going on there. Uh, the Weedenverse podcast, uh, it's all connected. Uh, also, I wanted to mention HHWLOD. We're doing kind of this cross network thing. Mm-hmm. We're all uh, doing a special six podcasts all about the uh, the different uh, Star Wars movies. Yeah, I heard the uh, first one. Enjoyed it. We uh, we the first one was pretty cool uh, for Phantom Menace. We got uh, uh, Frank Rincon from Half Hour Wasted. It was Russ uh, Latham from uh, It's All Connected. It was me, and then uh, Craig Demonda from The Walking Dead TV podcast and from Autorama. And we had the same group actually uh, join uh, up for Attack of the Clones, which should be the out. That's one at the bunch of all the Star Wars movies. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, really. That's <laughs> it's funny because we end up also having a discussion about the Star Wars holiday special. Um, in it's almost episode. Wookie Life Day. Where I thought we already had Life Day. Anyway, um, definitely check that out though, because we're we're drawing from all of our hosts from all through the network to talk about Star Wars uh, as the new movie approaches, and of course we'll be podcasting about that as well, because yeah. lots of same yep. sure. And hopefully I'll be joining one or two of those. I, I, the uh, I had to, I had to be there for the Phantom Menace one, if only to put forth the Darth Jar Jar. Theory that I wrote online, which <laughs> oh, I thought I was pretty you. cool. You know you love that. Stuff. I, I I I don't want to join any of the prequels, so that's yeah. Oh, I I did have a great story about going though, about like the night that we went and everything. Was, yeah, you uh, did. It's kind of yeah, like the yeah. movie. It's kind of like the movie fanboys in a lot it of was. ways. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, check all that out. Hhwlod.com, and when you've exhausted all those possibilities, and yes, I'm sticking with that because I trademarked it. Okay. All right. Um. Head over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts, run by the mogul himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the tycoon. Daddy. No, <laughs> I'm daddy. <laughs> the daddy of the Taylor Network, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Check it out. I like um, all cute. It was... Yeah, it was. It was pretty much cute. 
This is what happens when uh, I get stay, I have to stay up here on podcast and the kids don't see me for a minute. That's true. They need daddy to be in <laughs> the room. So many shows there. No apologies. Nothing's on. We're about to have our 200th episode. If Donnie yeah. never get out of work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He forever. Uh, yeah. He, he works a lot. Yeah, prof- well, gotta professional get that comedy, man. That professional comedy takes that. The booze and the comedy. You have to keep yes. it flowing. I guess so. The booze must flow. Yeah. Um, but so many shows there, the Comic Rock Snark cast, and yeah, I said it, and uh, J.K.'s Happy Hour, uh, the new uh, um, Tom Fowler, I listened to that. No, that uh, the Tom Fowler one is for Sunday Comics one. That's uh... I know Tom Fowler's art from all the D&D stuff. Yeah, he's, he has a new Kickstarter coming out with, right. with the book. Right. He, if you ever played Dungeons & Dragons in the 70s or 80s, you know this guy's art for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he has they, a lot of stuff yeah, definitely. Yeah, she had Mark Schultz, uh, who's been in um, her recent one. Right. Posted, who's done a, a ton of books for... Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, man. Yeah, Conan and, and uh, Superman. Yeah, he's an awesome uh, illustrator for Star sure. Wars, we just got finished saying. He's yeah. That, he's done stuff, so... Sweet. Yeah. So go to com. Check out all those podcasts as well. Podcasts that are guaranteed not to suck. If not, you get all your money back. What do you say? So until next week, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. I really appreciate it. We'll be back with the actual five-pack of episodes next week, I think, including, I think, the Gotham finale. Mm -hmm. Uh, So pretty excited there to find out. But until then, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me, and uh, we're Ghost. Good night.